My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands walk for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with your host Muhammad Sheikh. A leader is remembered not by what he or she possessed or consumed, not by how much power they had or whether they were charming or beautiful, but by the legacy they leave behind. The beautiful, inspirational words of world-renowned orator, uh, intellectual uh, giant, illustrious scholar, none other than Sheikh Mirza Yawar Beg, who joins us all the way from another continent, subhanAllah, on this beautiful show, Born to Serve. Sheikh Mirza Yawar Beg, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, I'm really well. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. We thank you so much for the time and effort which you have undertaken to inspire us today. Now, inshallah, if we could get the discussion, um, the interview channeling, um, perhaps Sheikh could walk us through your journey growing up. Were you perhaps genetically encoded with leadership? Was it something which life experiences and circumstances contribute towards where you are today? Allah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ba'd. You know, as far as genetic coding is concerned, I have no clue whatsoever if that, it was, <laughs> that was the case. Naam. But um, one of the things that I have always believed in is that <clears throat> genetic coding or no coding, uh, leadership definitely is something that one needs to learn. Mm-hmm. And even if you are, so to speak, genetically coded in the right way, no. you can certainly benefit from life experience and from learning formal and informal. Mm-hmm. And even if you are not so coded, then mm-hmm. learning always helps you uh, eventually to become a good leader. Mm-hmm. So that is the, um, that's where I would like to uh, begin. Mm-hmm. And Alhamdulillah, I think, um, needless to say, uh, a huge amount of... Um, uh, you know, um, credit or blame, as, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on what you want to call it, <laughs> has to go to my parents. Um, my the kind of upbringing I had. I think one of the things that um, uh, that I that I remember from my upbringing was, mm-hmm. or rather, two things. One was the kind of example that both my parents set in terms of their own lives, mm-hmm. what they did. So uh, my learning, I think, was not. Uh, so much as formal teaching, as in my parents didn't sort of sit us down and say, you should do this and you should not do that. Mm-hmm. But it's just what we observed, how they behaved, and so we learned. So a lot of the learning was informal, uh, but very powerful, not by actually stating uh, this or that. Mm-hmm. The second thing I think which contributed a lot was the uh, independence that uh, we were giving, given with regard to uh, living our lives. So I was not, uh, you know, kind of uh, closely controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for example, I used to spend all my... Um, I was all, I'm always very interested in wildlife and the forest and, and so on. So I would spend 
uh, all my summer into holidays, which is which was uh, you know between the two of them was more than about two or three months. Mm. Uh, in uh, one of the biggest forests that is there in uh, where I uh, near where I live, about two hundred miles from where I live, mm-hmm. uh, on the uh, on the farm of a uh, of a uh, friend of my father's, no. uh, which was in the middle of the forest on the bank of a river. Okay. Uh, no electricity, no running water. No water out of a well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to spend two three months, and and the whole every single day I would I would just go, uh, you know, walking in the forest with a, obviously with a gun, but also with a <laughs> with a, a tribal uh, a guy who's called Shivaya, who was my friend and also my tracker and guide, and mm-hmm. we just walked in the forest the whole time. And these these are these are uh, serious forests. We have they have tigers and leopards and stuff. So not, not, uh, the <laughs> So, but you know that this is how we learn. So. Uh, my parents gave me independence. They they trusted us to do the right thing, mm. and uh, by and large, I think um, we managed to do uh, the right things. And of course, uh, I won't tell you what the wrong things, but you know this. <laughs> so mm. we, we, the the other big uh, thing was my father's uh, and my mother's mm-hmm. um, their insistence on reading. Okay. Uh, so my father would give me books to read, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of books. I mean, the, the, not not just religious books. Uh, what I studied in the mother's house, of course, I studied. But other than that, mm. uh, my father would give me all kinds of books, um, mm. and then he would uh, tell me after some time, well, "Did you finish that book?" I said, "Yes." Mm-hmm. Then he would say, "Well, so what did you learn from that book?" And uh, if I attempted to tell him what was in the book, he would tell him, no, "I'm not asking you what's in the book. I know what's in the book because I read the book before I gave it to you. Mm-hmm. I want to know what is your take on the book. What do you think?" Mm-hmm. So this way, uh, not only were we encouraged to read, mm. but we were also encouraged to think about that and to reflect on it and analyze it and come to our own conclusions and so on. So just to give you an idea, mm-hmm. one of the um, the kind of authors, uh, my father would give me books by Ayn Rand. Okay. Uh, you know the Fountainhead and uh, Atlas Shrugged and books like that, which is not easy reading. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just so tough reading. <laughs> they're not storybooks. Uh-huh. Uh, they're they're the serious books. Um, talking about the whole principles of integrity and talking about uh, independence and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Ayn Rand books have to do with uh, with architecture and design. So you know, mm. it's those kinds of serious stuff. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, I think uh, that helped to expand the mind. It helped to do this. So I think that is one one uh, very big thing. The other thing which I think helped me throughout my my childhood and later on it translated into all the writing that I do today. Uh, was actually writing. Now, in in our days, of course, we had no laptops and computers and no Microsoft and cut mm-hmm. and paste and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you wrote by hand. Uh, you wrote by hand. If you made a mistake, you had to rewrite it because you know you made a mistake. You had to. Your spelling had to be good. You can't. You couldn't just write anything. People didn't mm-hmm. accept that. You had to write proper spelling, proper grammar, mm-hmm. uh, and and that helped a huge amount. It helped a huge amount. So I used to write a lot. I would write notes. I would write letters to my friends, to uh, my parents, and everything. And uh, so this helped uh, enormously in also uh, structuring of thought. I think mm. I, I, I'm a great believer in the power of writing yes. uh, to structure thought, to get clarity of thinking, clarity of decision making. Mm. Because if you don't write, uh, yes. you know you may, you may actually be having a lot of good thoughts. Mm-hmm. But they, it's like a soup. I mean, it's all you know, messing, messing around like a cloud in your mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Subhanallah, uh, Sheikh. You can't um, really get anything out of it. 
Inshallah, uh, uh, I have to interrupt you. Perhaps, Inshallah, we could just no uh, take a quick ad break to pay the bills and we'll continue uh, in a short while. <laughs> yes, absolutely. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands look for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Respected esteemed listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Welcome back And inshallah in this segment we will continue with our interview discussion With Fadila to Sheikh None other than Sheikh Mirza Yawar Baik Who has already been inspiring us with some of his journeys through, through childhood Sheikh, um, welcome back and jazakallah khair for your time My pleasure Okay, Sheikh um, Islamic history is filled with leadership lessons. Which of them inspires you to inspire others? You know, the best of the lessons is the lessons from the life of Rasulullah And I don't know if you are aware, but uh, I there is a book of mine by that name called Leadership Lessons from the Life of Rasulullah Indeed, and, yes. Uh, yeah, and so I think that's the number one source of inspiration as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. uh, with regard to um, leadership lessons. Yes. And if you if we go down that if you go down that lane then mm-hmm. uh, really you know every uh, other leader that we can talk about just now somebody gave me a book on uh, on Sultan Salahuddin mm-hmm. uh, Ayubi mm-hmm. uh, written by a man called John Mann. Uh, his name is Man. The, the book, <laughs> uh, book of it's called Man written by Man. Uh, he's also in, interestingly uh, the uh, biographer of Genghis Khan. Okay. Uh, which is again is a book called Genghis Khan, which is a very very nice, very interesting book to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently did a, a lecture in Kuwait mm-hmm. uh, where I can I continue I, I uh, compared. Um, leadership uh, styles of different people and among them uh, was Genghis Khan and with the style of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now obviously there is, uh, we don't compare in a, in a, in a sense that Nabi Sallallahu is not comparable to anybody but yes. looking at the leadership lessons and you know what he did and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, absolutely fantastic uh, lessons that one can learn mm-hmm. um, about the leadership uh, style of uh, 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 and the lessons from the leadership style of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I think that's um, the Sira. I, I, I very seriously believe that the Sira is a huge mm. uh, treasure house of learning. Subhanallah. And unfortunately, we don't seem to give it as much importance as we should. Mm. Uh, we pay a lot of good service to it, no doubt. But if you look at seriously studying the Sira mm. and bringing the serious study of Sira into our curriculums, into school education, uh, so on, mm. uh, you know, you find there's a, there's, a, there's a much to be done, and, and it's not enough to be done. I think that's a very important thing to mm. 
very interesting point about the sira which uh, struck me when i first started reading it many uh-huh. years ago mm-hmm. if you look at the circumstances of society yes. at the time of rabi sallallahu they were very very similar to the society that we live in today rasulullah sallallahu came into a society which was pluralistic multicultural multiracial idolatrous uh, it was a society which was a free market economy it was a society where money was god it was a society which had uh, almost a complete absence of um, moral values uh mm-hmm. it was a society which was based on the principle of you know if you have the money you can do whatever you want if you got it flaunt it all of these things and mm-hmm. he came in the middle of that and he brought islam and in a period of uh 23 years mm-hmm. uh, in, in the same generation he completely turned that entire society literally upside down mm-hmm. and made it the most ethical moral just society that you can imagine now therefore the simplest lesson to me is that here is a here is a person who mm-hmm. practiced a method which worked in exactly the same kind of society that we live in today so if the method worked there that mm-hmm. method will work today we don't even have to translate it it is the most modern method that you can imagine it's not a method, method of the 5th and 6th century it's the mm-hmm. method of the 21st century subhanallah uh, we 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 don't even need translation and that's, that's the beauty of the sira Mm-hmm. that it does not even need translation you can just take what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did and apply it just as it is in today's in today's life and you will see mm-hmm. so here is a so that that's why I, mean, I i uh, uh, teach this uh, book of mine we do this course uh, called the leadership excellence course it's a five year five day uh, residential course we've done it in south africa several times mm-hmm. and we do it all over the world alhamdulillah and i teach this whole uh, I hope this is whole series of uh, lessons from the uh, from the life of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this is the, the this is the method that uh, you know things come uh, to say that it's really uh, something which is so applicable and uh, mm. you know so so current mm. <laughs> indeed um sheikh subhanallah really uh, uh, you know inspiring myself um, you know with this valuable words of 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 thought um there's something really intriguing from your entire discourses and um seminars as well as literature which you publish um you know from time to time the, which is basically the transition from being person driven to becoming process driven now inshallah if sheikh could maybe enlighten a little bit about um this specific transition of yours like what i said there there's a very important thing and i i apply this in leadership especially in succession uh, planning family businesses and so on mm-hmm. see the thing is that uh, any leadership movement whether it's a business whether it's uh, a political movement whether it's uh, mm-hmm. academic movement it all starts with, with one individual usually so you mm-hmm. have a charismatic person uh, with amazing ideas with uh, tremendous qualities mm-hmm. uh, who is able to uh, start from nothing really and then he drives global change at whatever mm-hmm. level now the key thing to take this forward mm-hmm. is to translate that person's personal quality into teachable parameters mm-hmm. and applicable parameters mm-hmm. so if the person had courage how can this courage be taught to somebody else mm-hmm. if the person had foresight how can you teach this foresight to somebody else mm-hmm. now you can't obviously you can't take foresight out of the person and give it to somebody else. but what is it that what is foresight so foresight is the scenario planning for example mm-hmm. so we say well, here we take foresight 
maybe this person had, had gut feeling, but we're going to translate this gut feeling into a system that can be implemented, that can be taught. Mm. And that is what I call moving from person-led uh, to being process-driven. So uh, charismatic leadership mm-hmm. is translated into uh, administrative processes, into mm. things that can be implemented. Uh, then that leadership uh, quality of that individual mm-hmm. uh, will transcend his own life. And then long after he's gone, people will still be practicing all those good things. Mm-hmm. I think this is what Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam takes the life of Rasulullah. This is what he was able to do so successfully mm-hmm. into his success. And uh, our, uh, you know, the subtitle uh, is full of that. And mm-hmm. of course, if you look at it uh, from a critical point of view, I think it started failing mm-hmm. uh, when we went back to being person-driven, or person-led. And we stopped this uh, beautiful process of translating mm-hmm. uh, personal qualities into uh, teachable, implementable parameters. Mm-hmm. Interesting, subhanAllah. Uh, Sheikh, another personal transition, if I may. Um, Yawar Beg and Associates, um, Trademark Corporation, mashallah, a thriving uh, organization, etc. Perhaps share with us some of your, your business ventures. You know, this, uh, I mean, started, I mean, I, I started actually, um, I, I was very interested in training. Mm. And uh, we started with just training personally. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the first groups that I taught uh, was 1991 okay. was a batch of uh, Indian police officers mm-hmm. who were at that time probationers. They just entered the service. And mm-hmm. tomorrow is their 25th uh, anniversary of that group. And I'm invited to the academy to, to talk to them and they're all now inspector general of police. So it's a good thing mm-hmm. to see you know, people who are my students are now in senior positions in, in the police in, in, in. So, uh, it started with that, with, 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 uh, with, with just training. Okay. And then I, um, during this training, I got inducted into mm-hmm. uh, GE and um, other GE's uh, corporate leadership university in, uh, in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I started teaching their courses. I also started designing courses for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I got inducted into AMA International, American Management Association International, mm-hmm. another very large uh, $4 billion trading company in the U.S., uh, so into that, then into several other U.S. Uh, corporate universities. Okay. So it started from there. Mm. And after that, I specialized into consulting, of, mm. uh, working with organizations mm-hmm. uh, at a more deeper level of uh, setting up systems, setting up judicial uh, uh, systems, uh, reporting systems, and so on. Mm-hmm. And then further, I, further on, I uh, super specialized into family business. So uh, there are books of mine on entrepreneurship, there's a book on leadership, there's a book on family businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there are totally about 25 books uh, on some of some are Islam, others on on business. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is where this is how the uh, my my work also uh, evolved and of course continues to evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the process, also uh, a lot of Islamic teaching. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, for example, teach uh, I, I don't teach pure religion as theology. No. That's not my line. Yes, yes. Uh, but I I teach the translation of religious principles, uh, religious uh, precepts, mm. as implementing in today's life. So I, I call it living Islam. Okay. Uh, so I'm not talking about the Islamic theory, mm-hmm. I'm, ta- I'm talking about Islamic practice. Uh. So me as a businessman, me as an administrator, me as a teacher, me as a police officer, me as an army officer, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, how can I practice Islam in my life? Staying with the uh, uh, Kitab and Sunnah, mm-hmm. uh, yet making it applicable in my life, 
is a pluralistic, multicultural, multi-religious society. That, that is the reality of the majority of Muslims. Uh, we do not live in, uh, in countries which are exclusively Muslim. We live in countries which are uh, uh, pluralistic and, and mm -hmm. multicultural. And we need to not just fit into that environment, but we need to be seen as highly valuable uh, people, as highly uh, wanted people, mm -hmm. uh, as people who are uh, valued for the contribution that they make. Mm -hmm. Now, how can we do that? That's, that's my focus. To say so, leadership from the perspective uh, where a Muslim is seen as a person who the rest of the world will look up to as a role model and as a mentor. Most definitely, most definitely, Sheikh, and um, uh, definitely an achievable aim and something that we should make as part of our regular objectives in our lives, inshallah. Sheikh, um, apart uh, from 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 your biography, um, uh, uh, please please correct me if if you may. Um, I I seem to I seem to conclude that you you do speak five languages. Perhaps leadership your sixth. Um, tell us, inshallah, how important is language uh, in terms of communication and and seeing that you're an international orator. How important is language? Uh, for communication purposes and and drawing leadership lessons from one another, especially seeing that we are in a South African society that is full of diversity. You know, language is absolutely critical. Um, language is the window to the culture. Uh, if you don't speak the language, you will never understand the culture. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely a given. Um, some of my clients, for example, are my clients only because I speak the language. Mm -hmm. I have not for any other reason. Um, I have clients in, uh, in, in of Tamil. Uh, Tamil Nadu. Okay. Uh, I have big Tamil businesses which are clients of mine. Mm. And the only reason they are my clients, or rather one of the major reasons they are my clients is because I speak Tamil fluently. Mm. Uh, that's where you connect with people. Uh, with the language, the people feel that, oh, this is one of us. Mm -hmm. He will understand me because he, he speaks my language. Uh, very, very important. The language is an absolutely critical uh, element mm. uh, in, uh, in, in leadership, in understanding each other, in communication. Uh, and understanding cultures and understanding how people think mm -hmm. um, and, and you need to speak their language, their language meaning that mm -hmm. if, uh, for example, my mother tongue is Urdu. So I, I, of course, obviously I speak uh, you know, English uh, uh, very comfortably as well. Mm -hmm. So my point is that even though I speak English very comfortably, but my thinking, my soul is Urdu, it's not English. Mm -hmm. So therefore, uh, if you really want to understand me and where I come from, no. you have to know Urdu. Okay. Uh, English won't get you there. So that that, that way, if you're, if you're looking at if you're looking at South Africa as a as a multicultural society, which it is, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very important to speak uh, the local South African language. And of course, mm -hmm. English is one of them. No doubt about that. Yes, yes. But uh, to also speak uh, you know local African languages, whether it's Zulu or uh, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, it is very very important because that's how you, uh, you connect people's hearts. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how people say, okay, this is one of ours. Subhanallah. Sheikh Mirza Yawurbeg, it's been an absolute honor, um, you know, listening to your wonderful words of wisdom and enlightening us on this beautiful um, uh, afternoon, evening in South Africa. Actually, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and continue to use you as a means of, of guidance and inspiration for the entire ummah at large, inshallah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you with siha, with good health, with afia, inshallah. Jazakallah khair so much for your time, inshallah. Well, yeah, I mean, Barakallah. The same and more 
in keeping with his majesty and grace Alaikum Assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, that was Sheikh Mirza Yawar Baik, an absolute inspiration in terms of Islamic leadership, Muslim leadership. Inshallah, it's also it's very important that we align ourselves with people who teach us um, the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in terms of practicality and in terms of the inward spirituality. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala make us true exemplary examples of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his Sunnah and the lives of our pious predecessors. Alhamdulillah, we hope inshallah that you've had a wonderful um, uh, session of a wonderful hearing of of um, this, this show, Born to Serve. Uh, from myself, Muhammad Sheikh, we ask you um, to kindly uh, keep steadfast on deen, um, to kindly uh, keep us in your du'as inshallah. Until the next time, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.